Welcome to the Follow Me Podcast. I'm Allie Grant, the founder of Be Social. Each week, we're inviting influencers, entrepreneurs, and the digitally savvy to share their social media story. We're going to break down how they've grown a business through their social footprint. Join us by following along on their journey. Hey guys, welcome to the Follow Me Podcast. I'm Allie. Let's get into it. Um, So what did I see on the internet, Natalie? Help me. Um... Basically, all of my time was spent over Thanksgiving break online looking for deals. I got a bunch of stuff on Aloe Yoga, um, Victoria's Secret. Um, There was really good Cyber Monday deals, so hopefully you guys got some of those too. Um, But anyways, let's just get into it. I'm excited for this guest today. She is a total boss babe, for real. Um, And kind of what we're getting out of this episode is just talking through imposter syndrome, which is something I deal with all the time, kind of thinking you're not good enough or you can't get things done. Um, Starting a business, social media tips and tricks. She literally grew her social following to millions of followers in a very short amount of time. Um, And just work-life balance. She is married. She is very busy. She kind of does it all. So let's get into it. At just 27 years old, Natalie is one of the creators and strategists behind Boss Babe, the fastest growing online community of ambitious women. With a global community of over 1.5 million, its mission is to inspire and support women to turn their dreams into a reality through building successful businesses. Through curated online courses, mentorship programs, in-store events, Natalie, along with Danielle, has built Boss Babe into a multi-million dollar business in a matter of just two years. Crazy. Let's get into it. I'm super excited. Welcome, Natalie. So excited to have you here, Natalie and Kate. Hello. This is such a surprise. I love it. Um, Okay, so we start every episode the same. We're going to ask you, what was your favorite Instagram post? No, what was your first Instagram post? (laughs) Natalie, send help. Oh my God, I think it was me taking a picture of a cupcake at Christmas that my grandma Literally, invited. that's what it is. Yeah. Have you seen that already? You just remembered? I'm pretty certain. Wow. That was like my one of my first three. And I remember putting a filter on it and being like, holy crap, I'm like a photographer. This is amazing. <laughs> Professional. Yeah, it was like a Valencia and I was oh, like, yeah. whoa. And you have your border. Like literally every time we have someone here, it's like the border and the filter. It's all the same. It's so funny. But you were right. It's your grandma's cute cupcake. Wait, I'm actually right. You yeah, checked. you're literally right. Yeah, we brought it up. We had to scroll down like 3,000 photos and we found it. Yes, I feel um, so accomplished. And I do have to say, this is the most amount of likes we've ever seen on a first Instagram post. Usually it's no likes or it's the person who posted liked it. Wait, how many do I have? You have 19. Wow. And you have like a handful of comments too. You know? So Just that is like extremely impressive. Like, right, goes to show you know what you're doing. So this was posted December 2012. Take us back to that time. What were you doing? December 2012, I was in my student apartment. Um, What's a student apartment? Just like you were in college? And yeah, I okay. was in college. Um, and we, like, when you're out of your first year, so I was there for four years, you move into, like, your own house. Or um, for the second year, I was in um, a house with seven other girls. Third year, I moved in with my boyfriend at the time. Mm. And December, we just, we were just about to break up. I think we broke up in the January, just after Christmas. So December, we were both living together in this uh, one bed apartment. And then we broke up and I ended up living there by myself. And I had 
uh, one year left of university. Okay. I love how you call it university. Yeah. Like where it's yeah. like college. Yeah, I know. So you were in university in London? Um, no, in Newcastle, which New- is okay. very north, like kind of near Scotland. Oh, is that where you're from? Yeah. Okay. I love your accent. Um, so what were you studying in university? I studied business management. Okay. And you've taken a lot of that and applied it to what you're doing now, I imagine. Kind of. I mean... I didn't know that I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but when I was in university, I started getting a lot more interested in it. And then in my final year, um, I really dove deep into entrepreneurship. And I remember, I think you call it like a thesis. We call it a dissertation. It's your massive project in your final year that you're working on. Um, I was supposed to be doing it around management strategy. And I remember going to my professor and saying, hey, I know I studied management because you you only study one discipline in the UK. You don't do multiple like you do in the US. And I was like, I think I just want to do this project on entrepreneurship. And he was like, Natalie, that's the worst idea I've ever heard. You've never studied it. Like, you're going to fail if you do that because you need to be incorporating all these theories that you've learned and it's just not your subject. And I was like, mm, let me just try. I want to go and do it anyway because I would have been so bored doing it in management. So um, I convinced him to let me try and he thought it was the worst idea ever. <laughs> and I would say... Up until like the last couple of months of that project, I was definitely failing. I just couldn't get my head around all of these new theories and it was very different. And yeah. I ended up pulling it together and I did really, really well in it. Um, and what I was doing for that project was interviewing young entrepreneurs and figuring out what it is that makes them want to start a business because I just couldn't understand. Yeah. And the research was was not really explaining why young people went into business. It was telling you why older people went into business, which was generally they lost their job or they got a big payout um, or they got invited by someone else. Like, That was, you know, people that are 30, 40 plus. No one was studying young entrepreneurs and I wanted to selfishly find out why I was this weird and want to start my own company, Um, but also what made other people want to start a business at a young age. So that's what I ended up doing, which has definitely informed a lot of what I did now. So why do people like want to start a company at a young age? A lot of it is they don't want to work for someone else and they want to explore um, different ways that they can create like a career around their purpose, which is probably quite a newer thing. Um, I don't feel like when my grandma was, um, you know, 18, 19, she felt like she had that opportunity. So that's one of the big reasons. Another big reason is their parents were doing it. Um, neither of those reasons really applied to me. I was just like, hmm, I want to explore this and see if I can help other people set up companies and go that route. But yeah, it was it was very interesting doing that. Yeah. And then when you graduated, what did you do? Like, what was your first job? What was your first move? So I got offered a graduate job, which was with like one of the big four consulting firms, which should have been like my ideal job at the time and yeah. um they offered me a really amazing job they were going to pay off all my student debt wow. and I was, yeah and I was meant to start right after I graduated and I just wasn't feeling it there was just something telling me don't do it but I don't come from a family of entrepreneurs I didn't come from a family with money at all so I was in a lot of debt I had no money coming in I had rent to pay um, and I remember saying to the the company, can you give me a year and I'll start this job a year later. I just want to go and figure my own stuff out. And they said, yes. And you'll see my Instagram. I kind of knew what I was doing with social media, even, you know, when yeah. it first started, I knew what, what I was doing. 
And so my thought process was, okay, if I can just go and get paid, like, I think it was like a thousand dollars a month, it'll cover all my rent, all my expenses. I'll be good. I can figure out, use that year to figure out, can I start a business? Do I have an idea I can run with, which at the time I didn't. Mm -hmm. So I gave myself that year to really explore. And I was just freelancing, doing social media on the side. For like brands and stuff? Just for friends who had their own companies who like couldn't afford. And they were paying me like some friends were paying me like $30 a week. It was, they oh, were, wow. because no one knew they needed social. <laughs> a coffee a day, yeah. basically. Okay. Yeah. No one even knew they needed social. And I was like, you do, I can help you make yeah. money. And, and back then people didn't want to pay for social media. Definitely not. They're they like, were like, no, I'm not if paying I give you 30, like it was pounds. If I give you 30 a week, you need to figure this shit out. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'll try. Um, so I just had like a handful of friends. I was yeah. like persuading. Um, so I started doing that and then I had an idea to create a supplement. I was super into health at the time. Um, I loved like experimenting, putting different things in smoothies. And whilst like superfoods and smoothies and stuff were really popular in the US, they weren't in the UK. Like people didn't even know okay. what chia seeds were. It just oh, wow. wasn't a thing. Okay. So that was my first idea. And so I tried to get that off the ground before this company came back to like get me to start the job and it just didn't happen at all um I was working with like manufacturers and like googling my way through creating a product and so it came to the point where that company was like okay it's time to come work for us now and I was like oh (laughs) like a year already yeah it was a year already I just didn't have anything to my name really to show for what I'd been doing and my family just thought I was crazy but I turned them down and I said no I'm gonna go push on and I mean, I've never had a job since, so. So you've never been in like a corporate setting, really? Never. I've never really had like a boss. That's crazy. Yeah, so it's very interesting now learning what it's like to actually be a boss when you've never had one. Yeah. Which I'm finding is pretty normal for entrepreneurs though, like. Yeah. They just figure it out. Yeah, I mean, I didn't like, I was in the corporate world for like not that many years before I started my company and. I feel like it's good and bad. Like, I feel like I didn't learn some things I wish I had learned, but also I feel like I have a mindset that's just like, just go and do. Like, you know, your experience doesn't really matter that much. So tell us about Boss Babe and how you came up with the idea and got it started. Yeah, so Boss Babe used to be just a social media account that was posting quotes um, and was super, super popular. And I ended up... I can't remember how I met the original creator of the Instagram account. I think I did a course that she'd done of some kind Mm -hmm. and I just got obsessed with the brand. I could see so much potential in it. Do you know when they started posting on social? I, I don't, but it was pretty early. Okay. It was pretty early. I don't fully remember, but I, it was like pretty early that I kind of got to know the company. Like they didn't have tons and tons of followers. Okay. Um, how many followers did they have? I think like just under 200,000. Okay. Um, so yeah, I I connect with her and I just, I started to get really obsessed with the idea because I felt like I was, I had this health company that I was so not passionate about. And like going back to what we were talking about university, like I was so interested in entrepreneurship generally. I wanted to know like why people started business, how I could support more young people or women in companies. Like I I wanted to be involved in the process, not necessarily doing the process, even though I'd been doing it. Um, and so, yeah, I started getting involved and I, and I ended up just taking over the Instagram and I was like, I can grow this for you. And I didn't know it was going to turn into anything. And very quickly after that, it did 
start to grow really, really, really fast. And I ended up completely buying her out. Oh, wow. So um, is she the original founder mm-hmm. part of the company now? No, she's not. No. Okay. No. But you do have a partner now. I do. Yeah. Okay. So um, um, another girl called Danielle, who I actually met at a conference a couple of years ago, ended up coming on board, investing. Um, and we decided to run the company as co-founders together. Cool. And then the girl who originally started the account got to go and do what she loved as well. So like, it was a really awesome situation. And um, what were you buying from her? Her. basically the just the Instagram the name yeah did you have like a trademark or anything yeah in the it? US yeah trademark in the okay. US and we bought so the you Instagram own account. the trademark boss babe yeah now we own that everywhere wow and yeah. like various categories I imagine yeah. that's really cool yeah that's gotta be super valuable yeah it was and it we we really quickly realized like we wanted this to be a real company we didn't just yeah. want it to be an Instagram account and um, figured out what the strategy around that looked like and what it would take for us to really own that IP and learned a lot of that kind of stuff yeah. that we just didn't know going in and thankfully my co-founder Danielle's her brain works like that because I don't work with like the legal details it's not my thing yeah um, but yeah we just ended up buying an Instagram account which I think by the time we bought it it had less than four hundred thousand followers and okay within like a year and a half to two years we've grown it to 1.6 million now that is crazy and how have you done that like what are the tips and tricks to get there we've just been really intentional about wanting to really turn this into a a big business yeah so that was the first thing um we are so we we post so often we post at least four times a day like is that what you're supposed to do because I feel like I hear mixed messaging like don't post a lot or post like four times a day I think it depends yeah I mean if you're an influencer posting pictures of yourself I wouldn't post four times a day I think that probably comes across as annoying but if you're (laughs) Yeah. yeah but if you're a page that's like creating original content in the form of videos or quotes or infographics, different things like that, then I think it's a really good strategy. Um, when you think of big media companies, I mean, they are just churning out, like totally. for Jerry Bustle, they're churning out content like crazy. And it's really engaging, highly viral, original content. And that's the angle we wanted to go. Yeah. Neither D- Danielle or I wanted the account to be about us. Okay. Like, I very much have a clear exit strategy in my mind and I know I don't exit a company if my face is completely attached to it and so we were really intentional about that which I think helped us grow so fast because if it was just pictures of me I think people would get bored but yeah so we just create a lot of original content and what we've always been so good at is just creating quotes that no one else is creating like they always how do you keep up with that or like how do you make them like I I'm a huge quote person. Kate knows. Like I post, <laughs> I love a quote. Love I find them on Pinterest and I post them on my stories. Yeah. It's like my thing. And usually I post them about like how I'm feeling. If I'm like angry or dark or happy, like you can see my quotes, like <laughs> Natalie's laughing. Um, but how do you find like what you're going to post about? Well, I love that also. And that's exactly why quotes do so well. Cause they allow you to just really tell people how you're feeling without having yes, someone else. That's is- exactly how I feel. Yeah. It's like, boom. Yeah. Someone, if someone <laughs> asked me, how do I go viral? I'm like, well, you sum up really quickly how someone's feeling in a way they'd never tell anyone else yeah and then you make it easy for them to share it's like that's the way so I mean up until literally three months ago I was creating every single quote myself on top wow. of everything else that I was doing at the company if you need quotes you can hit me up yeah I will I, can- I will <laughs> so it was really hard for me to let go of that and delegate yeah. it because I feel like I become just a quote machine like that's yeah. just all I did I mean I wouldn't skip a day no matter if I was hungover if I had a yeah. million things on my plate like four times a day was how often we would post. So it was just a non-negotiable, um, which is definitely why we've become really successful. Mm-hmm. But um, 
I, I think it becomes an art that you just get to teach in the same way. You know, you teach people that come on board what yeah. you do. And it, it's just something that I've been able to almost pull into a formula and say, this is what it takes to really write a winning quote. I yeah. think that, and then you find people that have that talent too, because not everyone is capable of writing a good quote. Yeah. I'm a lot of people valid. think they can. Kate, do you think you are? Mm, no. <laughs> You're a good writer though. Yeah. No, I, I don't think I, I. I don't think I'm the quote master. I'm good at finding <laughs> quotes. I don't know if I could write my own quote yeah. though. I might. Yeah. Start trying to do that. You just embody but, like a personality. You're like, okay, today I'm going to be the most sassiest badass yeah. bitch in here. <laughs> and then, and then you just channel all these quotes that you would never really want yeah. to say aloud. Yeah. yeah. And then it works. <laughs> I, I, I kind of find them passive aggressive sometimes the ones I post like yeah. I'm saying this to like certain people and like you might read it and think it's about you and it might be about you or maybe it's not about you <laughs> yeah I mean thank god for the people that really piss you off sometimes because yeah. you get the best content <laughs> yeah. whenever I'm mad my friends are like are you gonna go post your quotes now I'm like you know what I might <laughs> just watch out I love that um, so when you first bought the company it was really just like an Instagram account mm-hmm. and now do you consider yourself a media company and like what were the steps you took to grow it into new revenue streams yeah I think we're a platform now we call ourselves just a digital platform for ambitious women um, because we have lots of different parts of the business we have all of our channels our podcast our blog our social media um, and then we have a subscription product which is a paid community where we have thousands of members in there wow um, and are we, they all across the like US UK or the world I guess all across the world yeah wow. yeah okay um, and we just have thousands of them in there where we walk them through a very specific framework of what it takes to ha- go from an idea to having a really successful business because generally you, you follow the same framework no matter what your business is there's very similar things that you put yeah. in place then you true. plug in your skills your expertise mm-hmm. and that's what makes your business your business but the rest is it's very rinse and repeat especially when you're in the early stage so we um Danielle and I, my co-founder, we basically sat down a couple of years ago and we were like, what is it that's helped us win and create multiple companies? Because by the time we'd bought the company, we'd created multiple businesses. She had um, actual like, um, she was a chiropractor, so she had clinics. Yeah. I had a physical product. I had online companies. So we'd done it all and we were like, oh, the, the framework's the same. So um, that's one of our products. And then on top of that, we have different products. We have an Instagram growth accelerator um, where we've helped so many women be able to grow their Instagram, monetize their Instagram. Cool. Still something that I'm super passionate about. I need to about. read that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we have multiple digital products like that as well as all of our platforms and people and pay to download those, I imagine? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how you make your money is your exactly. subscription and then the downloads. Yeah, and then we do like live events. Okay. We have really high-level masterminds where we work with really successful entrepreneurs and bring them together to help them grow their businesses. So lots of different products behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, And generally, like, people will opt in with lots of our free products and we'll figure out where they're at and what product they need to be able to Mm -hmm. grow their business. really cool. How do people find you? Like, how would I find Boss Babe? I guess Instagram? Yeah, Instagram's the best place. So at bossbabe.inc on Instagram and then our blog to bossbabe.com. We get a lot of people finding us that way. Okay. And how many like people are reaching out weekly, would you say, about like, hey, I want to start a business. How can you help me type of thing? I would say hundreds and hundreds a week. That is so cool. Yeah. I'm wow. like seeing Kay in the corner, just like, yep. Kay's <laughs> our head of marketing. She's sitting here and yeah. she's been working with the team on figuring out how we actually handle all of these inbounds and yeah. came up with like a really g- great strategy. Yeah. Um, but yes, lots and lots. 
if not thousands. That's yeah. wild. And I guess yeah. how does like your, cause I know a core of your business is diving into like primarily Instagram and like how to grow your presence on Instagram. Like how does your community react when I feel like every week there's a new rollout from Instagram, like they're going to change this feature. They're playing with this element. And if that's such like a fundamental part of like what you're teaching, like how do you keep up with all of that? And how are you like responding to all of those inquiries? I'm sure you get tons when there's all these new changes supposedly coming. Yeah. Yeah. That's (laughs) a really great question. Um, I mean, I think it's my job to be super informed. Um, I have a lot of friends that work there as well. So I'm always constantly picking their brain to Mm -hmm. figure out what is going to happen. Um, what kind of features are being rolled out if things are rumors or if they're actually happening. Cause so many of it, so much of it is rumors, except the disappearance of likes and followers. That is actually happening. What do you think about that? I mean, it's happening. It just, it's happened in Australia. It's happening. In Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think it's super interesting. Um, and so what we do, I, I record new content on every single algorithm change that comes out and I put it into our program. So anyone that's purchased the program, they get that and they get to talk about it and we address it on our calls. So I actually don't think they worry. I think it makes them feel reassured that someone's kind of explaining it so they're not having to navigate it on their own. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I don't know what it's going to mean. I think... Um, I think Instagram and I mean, well, Facebook, they own them, but they generally care about people creating original content on platforms because mm-hmm. what can happen is people become spectators of content and they don't actually create. And in that situation, you're no longer a social media company, you're a media company. Mm-hmm. And I think that's not where they want to get to. And I think what they've realized is a big block to people actually posting on social is the fact they're worried if they post a picture of their grandma's cupcake cake, are they going to get 19 likes? And so they don't post. And I think what they're thinking is if we remove those likes, then people are way more likely to post, post pictures. And like, cause it's like, who cares? Exactly. Yeah. Cause no one knows if how many likes you're getting. So mm-hmm. they're going to post and, and maybe that's what they're thinking in, in a way that that's what they've said in their releases is they want people to feel good about posting content. So I'm assuming that the more, the more original content you're creating, the better it would be for you. Yeah. And I think that's like, we represent a lot of like different talent who have large social footprints and we constantly get them asking like, oh my gosh, that, you know, post didn't do well. Should I take it down? My stance always is like, no, don't take it down. Like it's fine. Who cares? But it's like this thing that's out there that like kind of shows your failure, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's like this post that didn't do well. No one liked it. And it's out there. And it's kind of like, it's like sort of embarrassing, I guess, for some people. I know. And I'm sure it is like a mental health thing too. People feeling not valued or liked Mm -hmm. because of likes on a photo, which is so sad. It's crazy. And like, can you imagine being in high school right now? No. Oh my God. I mean, I had MySpace. Same. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, well, there was top eight, yeah. so that was like a whole drama of like, who's top eight are you in? That caused so many fights. Oh, yes. yeah. Friendship likes lost. on MySpace. Like, I think if you commented on people's pages, you yeah, could, there was there was there was like this like um, board where you would post. Wasn't there like you post like a thread? Yeah, and then you could see how many people had been engaging with your threads. I think and so then kind you of like comments followers. Stuff, yeah. Did you have followers or was it like friends? Friends. Friends. Oh. Oh man. What a time. Yeah. I got really into like decorating my MySpace. Like had like the glitter and the song selection was Colby Calais. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had such a cringy (laughs) picture. (laughs) I wish well it's still around, right? MySpace? 
Um, my profile, I can't find it because I really want that picture just to be able to, to, to show. See. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. But I can't dig find that up somehow. Yeah. So do you have a lot of like success stories from girls or guys who have downloaded your, you know, your downloads or are members of your site like that have built really successful businesses? Yeah, we have thousands. It's incredible. We've helped so many women to create like incredible success with their companies. Um, One that comes to mind, um, one of my clients that I work a lot with right now, she came to us when she had 300,000, she was doing 300,000 a year in revenue. Mm -hmm. Um, And she was like plateaued at like the nine, 10,000 follower mark. She was like, my revenue's not growing. My social media following's not growing. And often we think like you need to grow by like 100,000 followers followers to see that reflect in your revenue if you're an Instagram or an influencer business and it's just not the case and so we started working with her and in 90 days like her follower count went up to 25,000 and she made over a million dollars in revenue wow and like from like what like brand endorsements or no from selling like she had a downloadable product she has a course oh okay and so we just really helped her to identify like exactly who she was targeting how she could have them discover her profile follow her engage with her and what that actual like selling loop looked like from someone following to actually buying what that looked like okay. optimized it um and the amazing thing about her is she has kids and she really really wants primarily to spend time with them like yeah. her husband has a super busy job yeah and she really wants to lean into spending more time with them and she works less than she ever has now because she's like really learned the art of systems automation which i think is a powerful thing when it comes yeah. to online business and social mm-hmm. media so we have so many of those and that's a big example we have girls that um were working a corporate job and really had this idea to start their own business and we were able to help them replace their corporate salary within a few months and that's such a huge achievement Mm -hmm. just to to be able to quit your job and actually get paid the same amount to do what you love I think is incredible Mm -hmm. are most of the people who engage with your content are do they have businesses surrounding e-courses or downloadables because I feel like that's a big business with like social media following and something that's always like interested me because it's like it makes money while you sleep. Mm-hmm. Like our company, Be Social, it's like we're grinding all the time. I'm answering texts and emails and we're pitching media and we're talking to influencers. It's like nothing is making money while we sleep. And that's like a really interesting business model to me. Yeah, that's definitely a model that I love. I love monthly recurring revenue. I love to know that all my payroll is paid before we do anything each month. That yeah. feels really good. So it's definitely something I love to help my clients do. But no, not everyone's in that space. I mean, we have beauty salons we have people who are in the skincare business we have um pr companies we have social media managers we have coaches we have every kind of business you can imagine okay it's crazy and you can help them which is the main thing that they use social media to grow their business or does that not really matter either yeah that's the main thread is social media um we love working with service-based businesses Mm -hmm. in insta growth accelerator like primarily and it does work for product and brick and mortar businesses but your strategy is slightly different right um but we love working with service-based businesses especially in our higher tier programs that's where we really really excel but yeah no matter what kind of company comes to us especially with the society um it's the same framework yeah that we help them work through yeah what is your biggest piece of advice you give to someone who wants to start a business like what's your first thing you would say 
I always say, um, think about where you are now and think about what you want to go and break down that process in 10 steps. Every process can be broken down into 10 steps. It might be Hmm. really small steps. It might be really big steps and work on getting past one of those steps, like whether it's every day or every single week and track your process against these 10 steps. Because often what I, what I see is people have this big idea to start a business, but it seems like this big overwhelming idea and Mm -hmm. they're already stopped in their tracks by how scary it is and how many things there are to do when they feel like they're never going to get there um where actually if you break it down into 10 steps and you see your progress you see that you're actually working towards it you see that it's achievable yeah and by the time you get to like step five or six there's no stopping you you're like I can do this I can get there so I think that's the first thing that I say and beyond that just what we were talking about before consistency it's so important and no matter what it is that you're trying to drive towards if you're not going to be consistent then you can't expect to have success yeah that's like with anything like weight loss for me it's like I'm not consistent so I don't lose weight. Same with your business. <laughs> um, do you have imposter syndrome? This is something I deal with like so heavily and it like makes me so dark and like I get like, it's such a weird thing. I think it's mostly with fe- like young female founders because you have a lot of people looking up to you who also want to start businesses and you have to like have this way about you and teach them and guide them. Do you ever, are you challenged with that ever? Yeah, all the time. I feel like when does that ever end? It's right. I was just sitting with uh, Danielle yesterday and I was creating my event slides and I, and I said to her, I just got this wave of imposter syndrome that like my content's not going to be good. And she's like, Natalie, you do content for a living. Why is it not going to be good? And I'm like, I don't know. I just feel like yeah. I'm like worried and it just hit me like a wave. And it just, I feel like it happens all the time. Yeah. And you just need to just like remind yourself, no, like I'm on track or you have someone else like remind you Yeah. and keep pushing on. But I get it all the time. And especially like, learning how to be a CEO like sometimes I'm like I have no experience doing this or I don't know what it takes to do this and all of these different things that come up I definitely get it all the time yeah I I hate it like it really is like can stop you in your tracks like I will be like so excited about something and then I'm like I want to like retreat because it's like no I can't do that or that's not right for us or it's like all this questioning that's so unnecessary yeah you were like that's that's a great idea but mm, no I'm not that I could never do that yeah or that doesn't make sense for me or who am I to think I could do that yeah yeah that's the worst well outside perspective (laughs) I think you totally have it together because we work with lots of clients and I will say I feel like your team is just like on it all the time and I think one thing that I noticed that you do that stuck out to me was I obviously know your schedule is insane and you have like a zillion things to do, but yet I know you take like your own personal like health wellness so seriously. And like you managed to like, you went on a two week vacation and it looked like you really enjoyed yourself, even though you have this whole business to run. So I guess for that, like how, what do you do to like get it all done and still stay sane. Yeah. (laughs) I need to know. I'm not (laughs) sane. Yeah. I'm a boundary queen, honestly. Like I set really, really strong boundaries and I don't, I like will not have FOMO. Like if I don't feel like doing something or I just don't see the ROI of it or it doesn't feel aligned with me, I will say no, even if it feels like I'm missing out on an opportunity, because when you say yes to every single opportunity, you drain yourself. And Mm -hmm. for what? To please other people. I'm just so not a people pleaser at all. And I think that's serves me in that sense so I think that's the first thing 
Second thing is, I mean, hiring really good people helps. Like you'll know, like having teams yeah. that you don't need to be constantly checking up on um, is super important. And then when you are managing people, just making sure they're super clear on what they're doing. They're really competent at what they do um, and making them really clear on what you expect from them. So that's super important. But yeah, when I when I go on vacations and I take a lot of vacations, probably like every six to eight weeks I take vacations. And what? I, yeah. I haven't taken a vacation in 87 years. <laughs> yeah. that's and like, I don't work when I'm on vacation. I work the whole time. I'm like, I do not work. At the pool, like, mm, like emailing. You like get anxiety by get, going on yes, vacation. Yes, like want to go yeah. home because I'm stressed. Yeah, I don't. I mean, every now and then I'll like reply to the odd email or I'll text my team when I've had an idea. But I generally spend that time like having ideas, having fun, like, yeah, I just don't work. Oh, you seem very balanced. I think that's the right word. Mm-hmm. Like you. Yeah, balance is really important to me. I really believe like I want my business to be a vehicle for the life I want to create. I don't want to be a slave to my company. It just isn't worth oh, it to me. Oh, man. Well, okay, that's a that good. Was that was deep. That was I need deep. to like take a step back yeah. and like really <laughs> think about that. I have to remind myself of that all the time mm-hmm. though, because I feel like it's so easy to get sucked into your business to a point you're having sleepless nights, you haven't worked out, you've like skipped lunch. <gasps> this is me. I things. don't skip the lunch, but all the other <laughs> yeah, it's so all easy. the extra lunch. Yeah, yeah, it's super easy. So I have to be really intentional about it. Yeah, and I think people pleasing is like a hard thing to get past. Like mm-hmm. I used to be a really big people pleaser, and I would say yes to everything. Yeah, that is a good lesson. I feel like I get like a like a FOMO. Like if I'm like, don't go to this or that, I, you know, like mm-hmm. I'll be like, oh, I should go. Shouldn't I go? I'm like, I feel guilty. But it's like at the end of the day, I can't do it all, and like hopefully that person will understand that. But it's. It's not easy. Yeah, they'll understand that you can send someone else in your place. If not, yeah, I guess that's why you hire people, right? Um, Let's talk about hiring and like your team. How has that process been for you? How do you find your employees? Do you like managing employees? Yeah, um, it's definitely been something I've had to learn. I wasn't like straight out the gate like an amazing people manager, um, but I really care about people having the lifestyle that they want like I really like I I like balance and so I like my team to have balance too so it's something that I really try and instill on them and I think like leading by example really helps there and I really care about their career progression like I care about them being able to achieve the things they want to achieve so I think having that the foundation will generally make you good with people and then you'll figure out the rest like how to do the other things the technical things um but yeah it hasn't been the easiest I remember like when I needed to hire like my first couple of people like was almost at that point where I was so busy that I didn't have time to hire Mm -hmm. and it was just such hell that I was like I'm never gonna do that again and so I tried to be really preemptive about the people that I'm gonna hire um and just taking time like it can be so easy to just jump in with the first person because you need help Mm -hmm. yeah but I just really try and take the time to hire really really good people yeah they say hire slow fire quickly Fast. Fast. <laughs> Quickly. Have you fired many people? I fired I fired some people in my in my time. That's awful, um, right? Yeah, I hate confrontation. I hate those conversations. And I'm the type of person that like would rather just like ignore it, ignore the problems and not like handle them like straight on. And that's a huge problem within the organization. Like that is the worst way to do it. It's like if there's a problem and like deep in your gut you know it's not working, like take action like that is my biggest tip to entrepreneurs that's hard though 
Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, there's also, like, legalities with firing. And, like, it's also sometimes it's, like, it's just not a fit. Like, with both parties involved, you kind of just have to, like, come to that conclusion. But I think having someone on your team that's not there and not really in it is so detrimental to an organization. It can bring the whole company down. Um, But, yeah, I mean, we've had our challenges, like any organization. And, like, I'm not naturally like a manager I'm more of a doer and I think you said like you have natural like you want to like have balance yeah I have no balance so I'm not really like leading by example I'm like a workhorse so it's like I think sometimes that causes stress for people because they're like she's always working like I always have to be working but that's not my intention it's just like how I am but we've definitely brought people in like we have a new president now who is like very straightforward and to the point and wants to like conquer the problems immediately and has good work-life balance. And so she's bringing a, like a better energy, I think. Um, but yeah, it's really, really hard. Like I think getting into entrepreneurship, like I was excited about the doing of like helping clients and like building brands. But I was like, oh wait, there's so much more. There's legal, there's money and accounting, there's, you know, employees and firing and hiring. It's just like, it's a lot. Yeah. And it's almost like the reason you created the company was because you were good at this specific thing. Not the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But then you you do this thing really, really well. So then you grow your company and then you end up doing none of the actual thing you're really good at. Yes. And yeah, there's a really good book on that called The E-Myth. Okay. And he really dives into why entrepreneurs like why a lot of businesses fail is because they the entrepreneur loves doing this particular thing and then they start a business and realize it's not what they're going to do and they just don't want to be doing it or can't do it so it's so interesting I feel like I'm finally in the place where I'm doing what I like to be doing again yeah and it feels really good and like having someone that likes to do that operation stuff has been really important to me um have you had to fire have you had like employee challenges in the past yeah yeah I don't love firing I remember the first time I fired someone I fired them and then I just went and got really drunk like it was just I was I literally like called my husband crying I was like I just fired someone and I really need a margarita pick me up right now he's like oh I'm coming he just came picked me up from the office drove me it's draining it's It's a lot I mean you're changing someone's life Mm -hmm. in a couple of minutes right like and it's hard and it, you know, they say like, don't make it personal, but it feels personal it for is, everyone yeah. involved. So it's hard. Yeah. Really hard. I just had lots of margaritas and woke up the next day. I was like, okay, <laughs> everyone survived. <laughs> like that's the thing too. It's like, and I think also like when you're young in your career, getting fired from a job can be a really big learning lesson and like help spark like your next career or whatever else you want to get into. So yeah, it feels like the end of the world when you're getting fired, but it's Life not. goes on. Life yeah. goes on. And you yeah. will get into like a better place or, you know, whatever. You'll find your path. Yeah. yeah. So. Okay. So we're going to go into fan questions. These are rapid fire questions. Who is your favorite entrepreneur? Sarah Blakely. I'm obsessed. Spanx. Yeah. Ugh, I love Spanx. Obsessed. <laughs> That's like what? Like a billion dollar company? Yeah. Ugh. She's incredible. Well, I'm it's kind of like um, Kim's. What is it? Skimonos. Kimono. She changed the name. Oh, she, changed the na- <laughs> 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 she received major backlash for okay. the first name. Skims, not Skimonos. I'm going to call Are they them called Skims. They're called Skims now. Because she named it Kimonos and then renamed it to Skims. Yeah. I don't love Same skims. concept, though, right? Like, it's like. Yeah, yeah, except hers have like crazy cuts in them because of she wears like super high cut dresses or whatever. Same. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, 
All right. That's, that's a good one. She's like one of my favorite too. Tips for staying motivated. Um, just really make sure you're doing enough of what you love, because if you end up just spending so much time on the stuff you don't love, you'll just get drained and your energy will just completely deplete and you'll, you'll not be able to find any motivation to do that. Like, even if I'm doing, having a really boring weekend, like doing admin and legal and all of that stuff that I don't love, I'll try and find time to do the things that I really love. So it kind of keeps yeah. me going. Creating the quotes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Best tips for starting a business? I feel like we kind of talked about yeah. that. But like one tip, what would that just be? Just do it. I really think just do That's it. That's my favorite. Yeah. Learn by doing, just do it. Like don't have imposter syndrome. <laughs> Not the best <laughs> example of that. And like just go and do it. That's yeah. A good one. What are three traits that make a boss babe? Um, unapologetic ambition. Oh. I think that's super important in that she's she knows what she wants and she's going to go get it. Um, the second one, she actually does it. Like she gets shit done. She goes after what she wants. Um, and the third thing I would say is um, she really stands up for what she believes in. Okay. And she's not afraid to really speak up for herself or her beliefs. I like her. She sounds good, right? Yeah. 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 Confident. Confident. Yeah, I like her. Um, <laughs> best tips for branding yourself on social media. Get really clear about like who you are and what your brand is on social. I think sometimes when you're trying to create a personal brand, like we're all very multi-passionate and it can be hard to create a personal brand if you're sharing that you're passionate about a million different things. So just get really, really clear on what you want to be known for, what it is that you want to share. And in the beginning, really stick to that and kind of filter out the grandma's cupcakes and the things which aren't super relevant to really build that brand, to build your thought leadership, to build your expertise. And then at a certain point when and you do have that audience who are interested in the other stuff, then start to bring that in. Okay. All right, let's do that, Kate. Um, <laughs> biggest lesson you've learned in business? The biggest lesson I've learned in business. That's a good one. Um, I think as an entrepreneur, you have to learn to have your own back. If you're constantly relying on other people to get things done for you or to push things along and feel like you don't need to be looking over something or or checking up on something, then you've really got it wrong. Because I think that's when things start to really slip through the cracks. So I just think like really, really like look at like if you if it's your own business or even if it's um you know you've got people working for you like really have your own back and make sure that you are pushing yourself forward and you can't always expect everyone around you to be super supportive like you have to learn to rely on yourself um because it's not everyone else's job to support you and to like be there for your meltdowns at 3 a.m <laughs> um, <laughs> which we all have so I think you yes. have to ha- you, you really have to be able to do it whether people are cheering you on or not because there might be times where you have really support people around you but you make decisions that people don't understand or can't get on board with because they've never seen happen before and you've got to like really believe in yourself enough and have your own back to like push ahead and and get it done and make it happen yeah I love that um this might be the best question yet of the day what is your favorite quote never apologize for being an ambitious strong-minded and confident woman oh Wow. It's good, right? Mic drop. <laughs> um, this isn't on there, but I'm adding it. What is the quote on your Instagram that has been saved the most? 
Um, I think that one's up there, but probably the most popular one is um, a meme that I made with Kim Kardashian in, and it says, what do you bring to the table? And then she says, first of all, I bought the fucking table. (laughs) Oh, I like that. How many times was something like that saved? Like thousands? Yeah. Like hundreds, thousands, something. That is crazy. Lots, lots, lots. And I'm sure like a big part of your growth is people reposting you and tagging you, right? Massive, yeah. You're like, duh. Yeah. (laughs) Welcome to social media. Yeah. Um, Super viral. Yeah. No, that's amazing. So what's next for you? Are you getting into product? Are you going on tour? Like what's going on? Yeah, we're getting into product. We've got our first big product launch in December, which I'm really, really excited for. We've got some big partnerships and product coming out next year as well. So those are the big things I'm really excited to get into. Very cool. And you have a podcast too that I'm excited to go on. Yes, the Boss Bay podcast. Okay, perfect. Um, that literally wraps it up. That was so easy and informative. You're amazing. Um, where can people follow you? They can follow uh, me at I am Natalie on Instagram or at bossbabe.inc and then bossbabe.com. Okay. Thank you. That was Thank so fun. You. Bye. Bye.